Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast, where we take God's Word and look at how we can utilize, practically apply it, and implement it into our lives. Welcome back to the Encounter Community Church Podcast. My name is Kim Ballard Jr. I am the pastor here at Encounter Community Church, and I am actually recording in one of my favorite spaces. If you've listened to my podcast in the past, then you know exactly where I am. That's right, my backyard. Now, I could have gone to the church and recorded there in the sanctuary where you're able to control the sound that much more. But I'll be honest, I love recording outside. I think it, it just inspires me that much more. What about, what about you? Are there certain places that you could be that inspire you? So you may be thinking, well, what is it that inspires you? Well, right now, you know, there's a gentle breeze that is blowing. The sky is just absolutely beautiful. Just this incredible blue with a few clouds here and there. And so, of course, you can do the cloud guessing game like, ooh, that is the shape of, <laughs> you know, you can begin to do some things like that. But it's, it's a lot of fun out here. Also, you know, you may hear wind chimes that blow behind me as the wind kind of blows through. Whatever it might be. Maybe a dog barking. I'm not sure. Helicopter or airplane going over. I'll try to edit those out if it does happen. But I just do. I, I love being out here. Outdoors. I, I just do. And and I, I, I should do love trying to find places where if I'm doing things that are more creative, to be in places that inspire me. I'll tell you another place that was really great yesterday. I dropped my son off at his Boy Scout meeting, and I went over to Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, and I had planned on maybe grabbing my coffee and working at one of the outside tables. And they had three tables inside that were sanitized. They were socially distanced, and you could use one of those three tables, and there was an opening. So I sat at one of the tables. It looked out over Hawthorne Boulevard. So, of course, it's, it's not an ocean view. That would have been that much more inspiring. But it was nice. I had my coffee. I had my music. I was writing my message for this coming Sunday, which I'll be talking about betrayal and how do you love others? Or maybe how do you love that person that has betrayed you? How do you restore that? So I'm hoping that it'll be an opportunity for breakthrough and healing for those who are able to either watch the podcast or, or watch the live stream or come to our service on Sunday. Hopefully it'll be inspirational uh, for those of you that are watching. I should say a virtual service, but I'm just excited about that message. But again, I wrote it at a place where I just felt inspired. So I just want to encourage you Find a place that inspires you, whether it's outdoors, in your backyard, maybe in the morning when it's nice and quiet out and you are enjoying a cup of your favorite Java. Maybe it's just going for a walk around your neighborhood, just kind of taking it in and purposely making a point to just walk slowly and just try to notice things that you haven't noticed before. 
maybe notice houses that you haven't noticed before, or someone's yard that you haven't noticed before, flowers that you haven't noticed before, or just whatever it may be. Try to notice things you haven't noticed before. Maybe go to a local park. Just kind of walk around. If you live close to a beach, go to the beach. Walk around. But just take those moments to just kind of be able to slow down and find those places that inspire you. And once you're in that place, maybe use that as a moment to just hang out with God. Chit-chat with Him. Express your heart to Him. Maybe just begin to share some things that are happening in your life or praying for your friends or your family members, praying for our community, praying for our society. Right now, I mean, there's, there's no doubt that there is a need for healing in America. So praying for racial reconciliation, praying for just, you know, we have this challenge with COVID and just continue movement forward in that way, but just, but just hang out and just talk with God. How many times do we do that? How many times do we slow down, find places that inspire us, and just hang out with God in those moments. And it doesn't have to be a long time, but just try it and just see. Will something feel different about your prayer? It's not that God is different, it's not that you're different, but the environment is, the feel of it is. So try it out. And if you do, I would love to hear about your experience in this place that inspired you. It's so funny because I, I talked about, you know, playing the cloud game and I'm kind of looking at the clouds above me. And I'll tell you, I see a dog. <laughs> I see a cloud that looks like the bottom shape of the United States. Uh, I see a bull formation. So it's kind of just kind of interesting as I look. Oh, I see Italy. Like, I do. I see a cloud that's literally shaped like the boot of Italy. Really fun stuff. But I digress. <laughs> and I'll come back like, Ken, uh, you are recording a podcast here. I'm listening to a podcast. So I want to be podcasted. <laughs> so so get off of your nostalgia moment, your nostalgic moment. And and, and I know you're inspired, but, but let's get moving with this podcast there, buddy. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for giving that moment, giving me that moment of indulgence. But do that. Try that. Find a place that literally inspires you. Find that place. Well, we are in the middle of a series called Where's the Love? And it is inspired by that song by the Black Eyed Peas, where they ask the same question. And, and here's what we're trying to do with this series, is we are trying to look at those aspects of love that make love so difficult that makes love so difficult. And, and I'll tell you one of them, which is what we're going to get into today. Actually, Daniel, our, our youth leader, spoke this weekend. And he talked about this next aspect of love that can make it hard. And, and here's the truth. You don't have to love long before you deal with something that causes you to be what? Angry. 
until you're dealing with something that causes you to be angry. And so that's what we, that's what he looked at this week. It's just love and anger and the challenges of love that we could find ourselves having to wrestle through and deal with. Like, how do I process when I am frustrated? How do I process when I am angry? How do I process when you are working my last nerve? My last one. Like for some reason, you were able to find that last nerve and walk on it, dance on it, cross the line on it, <laughs> and it is firing off, baby. But how do we? How do we, we deal with that? And and I think again, in, in this age of cancel culture where one statement, one post, one thought can cause you to be in a place where suddenly you now find yourself being canceled, that could be angering. And if you are on the other side of that and you see someone post something or say something, man, it could light you up. It can make you angry. It can make you angry. And no doubt, I think we would all agree that it just feels like people seem to be more angry today. And I think maybe because of some of the challenges that we've been through, it has begun to expose some of that anger. And some of the anger is on one side of what we may consider injustice, or maybe we're on the other side of that as well. Some of that anger has been expressed in an unhealthy way where we've seen violence as a result of that anger. And then we see a righteous anger, I guess, in response to that expressed violence. And so it does, it does raise the question then, how do we process those situations that make us angry? How do we process that? I remember as a kid being at church once and hearing a pastor talk about anger. And, and by the time he was done with this message, I felt so, not just convicted, but I, I felt so, I was so disappointed in myself because the message made me feel like it was not okay to be angry. It, it made me feel that way. Like I was supposed to swallow my anger and then as the good Christian person, I put on a smile. And as I'm saying this, I'm smiling. <laughs> but as a good Christian person, I put on a smile and I continue to press on. Because why? Because Jesus told me to turn the other cheek. But what I didn't hear in that message was the other side of that, where Jesus turned over the tables. Like there's this one point where Jesus went to the temple and he saw some unjust things happening there where people were being taken advantage of, where people were using the temple and people's opportunity to come and worship God. And they were using that as a chance to cheat people, to be able to make money on people. And you may be wondering, well, how do you cheat people at a temple and temple worship. Well, back at that time, people would bring things for sacrifices. But the problem is, are they were supposed to make a sacrifice? However, if you are traveling from 
you know, several hundred miles to try to get to Jerusalem for the Passover in order for you to be able to do a sacrifice. And maybe not even 700 miles, just traveling uh, 15, 20, 30 miles. You may not necessarily be able to bring the animal that you were going to sacrifice. And just to let you know back then, like some, some of the animal sacrifices that they would do is they would also eat the animal as well. But that, but I digress. But what would happen is if you couldn't bring your animal, then you could go to the temple and you could buy an animal that would be your sacrifice. So what they would, they would do, it, it would be like, you know, when you're driving through that town and there's no other gas station for a hundred miles out, then what can they, they can charge you anything they want to charge you. I remember once we went on this, on this trip with my family and we went to Kings Canyon and there was this road in Kings Canyon because we went to this really cool cave. I, could, I wish I could remember the name of it. It was a really cool cave that we went to. But you drive down this road to this cave, and once you get to the bottom of this road, there's a gas station that's there. Now, in order to climb the road and get to the next gas station, you were talking, I think it was like 50, 60 miles or something like that. So if you're running, running low on gas, you had to get it there. And they knew that you had to get it there. And they charged you like they knew that you had to get it there. Because you had no other option. It's either that or run out of gas halfway up the hill. Which, of course, you didn't want to do that as well. So they knew. This is a last-minute option. So it's kind of that way with the sacrifices that were happening in Jerusalem. They would gouge people because they knew that people had no other option. And when Jesus saw this, it angered him because he knew that God's house was supposed to be a place of worship, not to be a place where you try to make a buck on taking advantage of the situation that people find themselves in. That was not meant to be. So what was intended to be a great system was intended to be a blessing. Some people saw it as an opportunity to be a little capitalistic you know, in that moment. And I understand that, but that's not what it's for. So Jesus saw that and he just, it just angered him. For example, if you, if you needed to change money, that was another one. If you needed to change money, because of course you had to buy in the current currency of the, of where you were at. Well, if you didn't have that currency, you would have to change it. So again, they would rip you off that way. So it was just a list of just things that, that Jesus saw, a litany of things that Jesus saw, and he just got angry. And so what did it say he did? It said that he began to flip over the tables and he drove the people out of the temple as far as, far as the money changers and those who were stealing and all those other things from others. So again, that shows you the simple fact that there are moments, there are times where it is absolutely okay for you to be upset. That is, it is okay for you to be angry. So yes, let me make this really clear. You can be a Christian and be angry. You can be, but here is the criteria that God gives us in Ephesians chapter four, verses 26 and 27. It says, be angry and yet do not sin. Be angry and yet do not sin. So the issue isn't 
Can you be angry or not? Yes, you can be angry, but the issue is what do you do with that anger? That's the bigger question. That's the greater challenge. What do you do with that anger? Then it says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Now, let me make this really clear. Here's what it's really saying. It's saying, don't allow anger to fester. Don't allow it to dwell. Because the thing that becomes dangerous is when your anger transitions from anger to bitterness and then from bitterness to hatred. Now, here's the thing that's really interesting. The same energy that it takes to work through the process of forgiveness, you could also take that energy to hold on to your anger, to transition to bitterness, to transition to hatred. It takes anger to maintain. I mean, it takes it takes energy to maintain either way. So why not use your energy to do it and process your anger, your frustration in a way that is healthy? And then it goes on to say, and do not give the devil an opportunity. An opportunity for what? An opportunity for what? Well, for one thing, what, the, what anger can do is anger, if you don't control it, anger can cause you to say or do something that you will deeply regret. Anger can cause you to say or do something. You could work for years trying to build a great relationship with others where they could see like, wow, there is something different in your life in the way that you follow Jesus. And yet you give in your anger, into your anger, and you sin against someone in your anger, you could wipe out all the work that you've done. Don't give the devil a foothold in that way. Also, it takes energy to forgive. It also takes energy to hold on to the anger. The more ang- energy that you express to hold on to your anger also takes away from the energy that you could use to process your anger in your relationship with God. So that bitterness and that hatred actually drives you further and further away from God. Because again, it says in scripture, how can you love your brother or how can you claim to love God yet hate your brother or your sister who you have seen? So again, how can you claim to love God whom you have not seen yet hate your brother or sister who you have seen? So it does. Hatred in your anger can separate you from God. So it, it affects your, your spiritual condition. It gives the devil a foothold in that way. Also, what you can do is if you speak out of anger against someone, you don't know that person's background. You don't know their struggle. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know their story. You don't know their history. You don't know. So in that moment where you give in to your anger, you could destroy someone's identity. You could destroy the work that someone is doing to rebuild their lives. You could destroy someone's mindset. You could destroy someone's spiritual growth. You could destroy someone's connection with God, especially if they know that you were someone who are trying to follow God. And yet you unleash your anger towards them. And they begin to think, well, that's not a very Christian thing to do. And they see that. And boom, you have just maybe hindered someone's eternal destination. So don't give the enemy, don't give the devil a foothold in your life, in someone else's life, in your words, in your mindset, in your thought process, in your marriage, 
in your parenting relationship with your kids, do not give the devil a foothold. So anger can be. Anger can be one of those things that really can ruin what it is that we're trying to build. And then it goes on to say in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 through 30, do not, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them, to those who hear them. So someone gave me an acrostic that I, I, I like to try to use. Now, let me tell I'll, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. When Daniel spoke on anger on Sunday, I was challenged because I haven't always handled my anger well. There's still some work <laughs> that I need to do. But someone gave me the acrostic. It's the word think. Think. So if you're in a situation that frustrates you, utilize the word think with the words that you are about to use, the things that are about to come out of your mouth. And so the, the think stands for thoughtful, helpful, inspirational, necessary, or kind. Does it fit that criteria? Is it thoughtful? Is it helpful? Is it, is it inspirational? Is it necessary? Or is it kind? And kind doesn't necessarily, kind does not always mean that you use kind words, but also kindness is connected to the heart behind the words. Because we can use words that we have carefully navigated our way around, yet with the heart that it is delivered, we can completely undermine someone's life as well. So kindness isn't just about how kind the words are. It's about how kind your delivery is as well. So is it thoughtful? Is it helpful? Is it inspirational? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Is it kind? So I thought that was really inspirational to me. And then it says, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. If you are someone who constantly gives in to your anger, because God's Holy Spirit is at work. It is constantly moving. And the one thing that you cannot see is how God's spirit is at work in the life of someone else. Sometimes you may not even be able to see how God's spirit is at work in you. And God's spirit may be using this difficult moment, this angering, upsetting moment to work in you, to mature you, to grow you, to develop you. And in this moment, because you gave in and allowed the situation to dictate and direct your response, then what it has done is you have allowed yourself maybe to grieve God's Holy Spirit that is at work in you and bring sorrow to him. But also, if you unleash on that person, driving them further away from God, I mean, just think about that. Just imagine that in your own life. 
What if you were investing in something, trying to build something, and all of a sudden, that thing that you were investing in, the thing that you were trying to build was blown apart by someone else, maybe because of their insensitivity, maybe because of just the lack of awareness, maybe because of, again, not taking time to be aware of themselves. But, but in that moment, everything that you've been working to build has been wiped out. Why? Simply because that one person undermined all the work that you're trying to do. Wouldn't you be grieved? Wouldn't you be grieved? So you don't know. You don't know the work that the Holy Spirit is doing in someone else's life. And you give full vent to your anger. Hmm. Maybe. Just maybe. There's a possibility. That the Spirit was using the circumstance. Not that the Spirit caused that person to do something wrong against you. But the spirit saw the situation and thought, you know what? Hey, this is a moment where their life can be changed. I remember, and I'll give you an example. I remember when I first started becoming a Christian and I was hanging out with some guys and they were doing like this Bible study together. And they had a, we had a booklet that we would go through together and, and I'll be honest, I would show up every week, my booklet not done. I would also show up late. And it was just one of those things where, honestly, I was just wasting everyone else's time. So one day, the leader of that group just kind of pulled me aside and said, hey, Ken, and just kind of walked me through it. Just kind of walked me through it. Now, that hadn't been the first time that the leader had talked to me about it. But if there's any time that warranted me just being lambasted because of the way that I conducted myself, it would have been that moment. But in that instant, that leader spoke to me and challenged me, but challenged me in such a way that it was the kindest and he pulled me aside and he just began to talk to me. And like I said, I deserved, I deserved to be like blasted because I've been told several times not to show up late and make sure that I have my work done ahead of time. And he talked to me about what I needed to do, but it was done in such a way where I could tell that he was frustrated and I knew what it was that I deserved but it challenged me because I knew what it was that I should have gotten and how he should have been talking to me because I experienced that in the past. And it was so categorically different that it moved me. And from that point forward, from that point forward, I showed up every week on time. I would get there early work through my book. I'm, I'm serious. It was a moment that really changed my life and changed my relationship with God. It was just a powerful, powerful moment that changed everything for me. And, and you just never know. You just never know what may happen. I, I also heard about this because I, I think sometimes 
as a Christian, for those of you that have decided to follow Jesus, you may be in a situation where you feel like people may try to take advantage of you because of the fact that you are a Christian. And I heard about a guy who did this. This guy had an employee and this employee consistently showed up to work late. This employee consistently failed in tasks. This employee consistently did not do the things that needed to be done. But the employee's mindset was, because he had said it to others, so this is how he knew how the employee thought. The employee's mindset was, well, you know what? He's a Christian. He's just going to forgive me anyway. So he decided to take advantage of it. And so one day he called this employee into his office and he sat down with the employee and he said this, he said, you know, when I hired you, I was so excited about you becoming a part of our team because there was so much potential that I saw in you. And I hired you because of that potential. However, since I've hired you, you have continued to not show up to work on time. You have continued to not follow through on the tasks that need to be done. And so you've put me in this position. And so then what he did, something that was really interesting, is he pulled out his Bible and he read a story. And the story was of this guy who was a landowner who's about to go away. And so he brought in three of his workers and he gave them responsibilities that each of them could manage. So it says he gave them talents, talents represent money. And they were supposed to manage that for him until he came back. So he gave one guy five, the guy took that five, invested it. And when he came back, that guy had doubled it to 10. He gave another guy two and that guy invested it. When he came back, it had doubled. So he came back and now had four. But to the guy he gave one to, again, according to his ability, he gave one to, the guy took it and buried it. And when he came back, he said to the landowner, look, you know, I didn't do anything with it. I just, keep, here's, here's the original back. I didn't do anything with it because I knew that you were a harsh man. And then the owner said, well, if you knew that I was harsh, you could have at least put it in the bank. You could have at least put it in the bank. And then it says they cast the guy out. So he read that story to the guy. And he said, who do you think that you are in this, in this story? And the guy said, well, I, I guess I would be the last guy. And he said, unfortunately, that's true. That is true. And since you've been working for me, what I've done is I've given you chance after chance after chance. I've tried to encourage you to be better. And as a Christian, I really am called to love you. And right now, I feel like I'm going to do the most loving thing for you that I can do. And that is, unfortunately, I'm going to have to let you go. Now, I really don't want to. I would love to be able to, to keep you here. That was my goal in trying to work with you. But unfortunately, you, you put me in this position where I really now don't have a choice. And, and maybe, just maybe, this could be the springboard that inspires you that when you get your next employment opportunity to be the best person that you can be. I really do hope that for you. And I really do wish for your, your future success. But here's your last check. Unfortunately, today, I have to let you go. 
How would you respond to that? <laughs> he didn't give full vent to his anger. He expressed what he was doing. He expressed his, his goal. He expressed every aspect about it. He expressed the result of that. He expressed every aspect about it. But then he expressed his desire to let the person go. Not because he wanted to, but because of the actions of, the, of, of that person, the actions of that employee, he put this boss in a position where he had no choice. Like, wow, what if we were able to do that? What if we were able to do that? So when you begin to look at all of those aspects of it, it changes. It changes things. So what if those of us who have decided to follow God, what if we learned how to manage situations in ways that instead of repelling people, inspired them. What if they walked away saying this, man, that is the most loving way I have ever been told off <laughs> in my life. But because of that interaction, I wanna be better. I wanna be better. So I'm just, like I said, I just wanna let you know that I do. I, I want to be that way. And I'll tell you, there are moments where I have not done this. There are moments where I've given into the circumstance and I have not thought my way through, have not processed it through. Heck, I even did it this morning with one of my kids where I just got frustrated because of something. And now I'm thinking back later that, oh man, I should have handled it differently. So we're not going to get this perfect. However, Let's take a moment to begin to analyze situations and circumstances that we find ourselves in, just asking one simple question. What can I do to handle it better next time? What can I do to handle it better next time? And who knows? Who knows? Maybe, just maybe, we will be able to change things. And I also want to encourage you to do this. If there is someone whom you recognize that you have offended due to an unhealthy way in which you expressed your anger, then you need to go back and you need to ask that person for forgiveness. Now, I want to make this really clear. Make sure that you go ahead and you differentiate in case you need to that that you you that you recognize like look I'm, i i was angry for the situation that happened and i'm not apologizing for the situation but i am apologizing for the way that i handled it it's a good way for us to do and another thing is maybe if you find yourself getting angry another tool that i've found is to ask yourself why are you angry Sometimes we get angry because we're frustrated. Sometimes we get angry because we're afraid. Sometimes we get angry because we're just tired, like we're worn out. And because we're tired and worn out, our emotions are a little bit more on edge than we would be necessary. Sometimes we're angry because we're hurt. So also take a moment before you express your anger to sit back and ask yourself, well, why is it that I'm angry? 
Why is it that I'm angry? And then make an adjustment. Make an adjustment. Maybe what you could do then is begin to manage it. The other thing that I've, I've tried to work on doing, and again, I haven't done this well, but I'm working on it. So just let me, I'm just letting you know that we're in this boat together. We're on this journey together to try to be a better version of ourselves. We are on this journey together. But sometimes give yourself the opportunity to process before you handle. Process before you handle. Give yourself space. Before you send off that post, before you respond verbally, just give yourself that moment to process. Well, I really do. I, I hope that this has been an encouragement, but, but I do wanna let you know it's okay. But I do wanna let you know that it's okay. It's okay for you to be angry. It's perfectly okay. But it's just what you do with that anger that you have to figure out how to navigate. How do you do it in a way that honors God and honors a person? That you're not sinning against God and you're not sinning against the person in your anger. And maybe this again is a situation that, that God has you in or allowing you to be in so that you can learn how to be able to manage your anger in a way that honors him and honors a person with whom you are angry. Who knows? Well, I hope that this has been an encouragement to you. If so, then I would encourage you, like if you are listening to this podcast on our website, like you found us there, then we are also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, pretty much anywhere that you can find a podcast, you, you'll find us there. Subscribe. Follow us. That way, when we post new things, you'll be one of the first ones to be notified about it. I would also encourage you to follow us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. Um, on Facebook, we are www.facebook.com backslash Encounter South Bay. Do that. Follow us there. That way, when we post new podcasts, we also let everyone know there. Uh, or you can also follow us on Instagram and just look up Encounter Community Church. Uh, that's our Instagram profile name. So just look at us, look for us there and then follow us. And that way, when we post new podcasts, we also let everyone know through that as well. But again, thank you so much for being on this journey with us. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your day, whether it's morning, evening, or, or night. I guess that is night, isn't it? Maybe I meant to say morning, noon, or evening. <laughs> but thank you for allowing us to be a part of your journey. Truly appreciate that. Continue to be praying for our nation, especially, like I said, with this COVID challenge. Now, I am excited to announce that on June 15th, Gavin Newsom said that California is going to fully open. If so, then we are going to go ahead and announce that we're starting restarting our indoor services once again on June the 27th. Uh, we're still trying to navigate how that's going to look like. It just is just based on when California fully opens, what are the regulations that are going to be there? How do we navigate this in such a way to where we can gather, but still be able to protect everyone, be able to have the best experience possible. So we're looking at how to be able to navigate that as well. 
but we will continue to provide a virtual service. We're, we're looking at hopefully being able to launch fully live stream beginning that Sunday as well on June 27th. So, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Now, it is a soft launch date because if they decide to push the June 15th back, then we might push our start date back. So hopefully everything continues to go according to plan. I know California is in a great position right now. Uh, we're, we're one of the least infectious states in regards to coronavirus. So that's great. That's really awesome. So we continue to go in that direction so that we could launch indoor services once again. So hopefully you'll be able to join us. We'd love to have you do so. Again, this Sunday, we are talking about how to love others when you have been betrayed. So feel free to join us at our outdoor service, 10.30 a.m. in our parking lot. Or you can also um, watch our virtual service on Facebook and on YouTube. And we do post a replay later on our website, so you can watch it there as well. But again, thank you so much for being a part of our time together. And just a quick reminder, Encounter is about three things. Love up. Let's learn how to be madly and passionately in love with God. Love out. Let's look for ways that we could be able to love others. And learning how to manage our anger is a great way to do so. And then finally, love in. How can you grow? How can you develop? How can you be the best you that you can be? And with that in mind, maybe learning how to manage our anger is a great way for us to be able to do that. But again, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. I can't say thank you enough. It really does mean a lot to me that you would take time out to enjoy this moment. And if there are things that we could do better, please feel free to let us know. Well, again, I appreciate you. Take care. God bless. And we'll see you once again next time. Thank you so much for joining us for the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you could do us a favor, whatever service it is that you're listening to this podcast on, please rate and review us. If there's anything that we can do better, please let us know. But by rating and review, it also make our podcast easier for others to be able to find. If you would like to support us at Encounter financially with what it is that we're doing to make a difference in our community, whether it's the mobile food bank, whether it's serving at North High School, or making a difference, again, in our community, feel free to head over to our website, encountercommunity.church. Click the link that says online giving. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way, when we post new live streams or new vlogs, you'll be updated. As well as please head over to Facebook and like our page. That way, when we post new podcasts, again, new vlogs, new live streams, or have church events, you'll be updated and know what's going on here at Encounter. As we said before, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you with us, and we look forward to you being a part of the podcast next week.